Welcome to Flock Tales, where we drink and talk about birds, mostly. I'm Kristen Frunk. I'm Jen Schneiderman. I'm Maya Pershing. And I'm Ashley Ola. And we are your four resonant bird nerds, and this is our 24th episode, which means that we have a full day worth of content. You can binge Flock Tales in one whole day now. Wow. Wow. That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of listening to my own voice. (laughs) No, no, just the other people have to listen to your voice. You don't have to. Oh, that sounds better then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm all for it then. I mean, you've created it, so I don't think you have to spend a day listening to it. (laughs) Unless Unless you're editing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> only jen has like spent an entire day listening to it oh it's pretty great um yeah that's probably more like two or three days yeah i think maya <laughs> called it it's like a couple hours per episode Oof. that's a lot it's okay it's okay i get to listen to all your beautiful voices for a long long time <laughs> <laughs> That still sounds rough. I'm sorry. Yeah. She spent, what, two years in an office with us. She heard our voices like all day, every day. But she doesn't have to edit our voices all day, every day. That's true. (laughs) She could just appreciate all the dumb shit we said without having to edit it later. (laughs) Yeah. Just appreciate and let it go. (laughs) Or just lose, utterly lose my shit because I think we're talking about Merkins. just thinking of that conversation exactly i was like what's that thing that's a toupee but for your nether regions i already forget the word oh that was a day it was a day it's a market i don't know there was just some conversation happening over what it was was that i forgot somebody's last name Oh, um, which is spelled... oh, it was a composer, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Mer- I Merkel think, or something. I think his last name was Mencken, <laughs> but I could not remember that. <laughs> and yep. so what my brain did was said it was clearly Merkin instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then you two started laughing, and I was like, "What the fuck is a Merkin?" <laughs> and then we had to tell Kristen. <laughs> Somebody had to fill me in. It was really important. <laughs> These hip kids and their newfangled lingo. But more importantly than the collective like uproar of laughter that occurred <laughs> after that was there was a postdoc that was across the hall from us who was very serious and she's great. Um, but she came over to our office and closed the door that led from our office into the hall because we were bothering her work because we were laughing too loud oh. about Merkins. Yeah. That's us. That's our office. Times. Sorry, Kasha. Yes, we love Sorry, you. <laughs> if you're listening, oh, I, I hope and don't hope that you're listening simultaneously. <laughs> I, I feel like she would listen to... Yeah. Her sitting at home and just shaking her head. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it would make her really happy for work from home. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's probably working on her bike right now and listening to Flock Tales. Oh, 
Oh, Aww. hell yeah. Heartwarming. I miss her. I miss her. I miss Kasha. She's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, so today, um, in, in we're in the middle of migration season Ooh. here in the northern part of the world. Hemisphere. That's the word. Um, and which means that there is a lot of cool birds that are coming up here to make some babies. And oh, we thought it would be... <laughs> sorry it seemed like an important interjection at the time i regret it now no don't regret it jen I not don't. subtle <laughs> just totally derailed <laughs> worth it i was trying to i'm trying in my brain to be to make bow chicka bow wow like birdie like there's brown chicken brown cow which yeah. is obvious but like the brown cow needs to be replaced with something uh well you cow could just bird? think i was gonna say i'll just think about it as a cow bird and then you're fine oh that's fair um <laughs> babies that's what it was okay uh <laughs> back on the baby um, train <laughs> Wham, wham, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so birds make these things called nests, and uh, they do it pretty much every year when they make babies, because it's kind of a requirement, mm-hmm. or, or not. maybe not so much, as we will discuss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loose requirement. <laughs> um, but we thought it would be cool to talk about some bird nests that we know and love, and some really amazing examples and some really, um, uh, there was an attempt example. Yeah, <laughs> equally <Or> amazing, <laughs> amazing in its own way. Yes, <laughs> impressive yep. that it ever works. Yes, and this is something that hopefully, like, if you've ever found a bird nest, I know when I w- would find them, when I still find them, I'm like, holy shit, it's a fucking bird nest, and Hell yeah. I don't know, I think it's exciting. So, yeah, we're gonna talk about some bird nests today. Yay! Oh, should I start? Kristen, you're up then. Okay, I'm going first. And I am going to talk about the Mally Fowl. Which is a great name. Which is a great name. (laughs) (laughs) And so they are megapodes. And they live. Kristen. What? Is this your best or your worst? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So this Mm. is my best nest. The award for best Whoa. nest goes to the Mali Fowl. <laughs> um, and they are so named because they live in the Mali region of Australia, which is like the northwestern part of Victoria. In case you were wondering, because I was wondering. Um, and this is, it's like a semi-arid area, so there's not a ton of rainfall. Um yeah, so megapodes are in the same order as like turkeys, quails, chickens, uh, all the game birds. But the the megapodes are a family of mound builders. So basically, instead of like using internal heat to incubate their eggs like most birds do, these mound builders use external heat from the environment to incubate their eggs, which is really fucking cool. But the mallee fowl is the only megapode that doesn't live like in the forest in like somewhat humid conditions because they live, like I said, in the semi-arid region. So it's really dry there. Okay. 
So their nest is freaking wild. So they excavate <laughs> this huge hole in the ground. And I mean like really big. It's like three to five meters across. Um, and they can they excavate oh a hole that's up to like a meter deep, which is, you know, Whoa. like three feet ish. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, how big is this bird? Um, The bird is about the size of a chicken. Like they're not that big. Whoa. Yeah. Smaller wow. than a turkey. They're they're like, yeah, they're pretty little. Do, do they just dig the hole with their feet? Yeah, you should see. There's so many videos. It's wild to watch them do this. And like, it's mostly the male, but the female helps. So sometimes there's like two of them just like, sorry, I'm gesturing you and you to- can't see it, but I'm like kicking with my feet, like not even quickly, like somewhat slowly. It doesn't, it's not a very impressive way to dig a hole, to be honest. It looks but like it dig- takes forever. Oh my gosh. Dig a hole that's mm. like meters deep. Yeah. Well, that's one meter impressive. deep. Yeah. Just by scratching one meter on the ground. Deep and really wide (laughs) (laughs) and so damn yeah it's impressive and then once they dig this huge hole (laughs) they fill it with like leaf litter and like sticks and brush and like whatever they can find um and that basically serves as like if you've ever composted it's really similar to that um And so it's so funny, like all of this is so like time dependent, like it really is really important when they start this whole whole digging situation, because after they have that layer of compost, basically they wait until it rains and they need that, that they need Mm. that compost to get completely soaked by the rain. And then once it's wet, they cover it with sand basically to insulate it and like keep all the water in. You can like prevent the evaporation using sand. So they're holding all of that humidity and moisture in the mound. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then basically all of that compost stuff that's underneath begins to rot, which if you've ever composted again, you know, (laughs) produces heat, which is how they incubate Mm -hmm. their eggs, which is just wild. Wait, where did the eggs go? Yeah. So the eggs go like in the very like bottom layer of sand between like the compost and the sand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the female like digs down, lays the eggs and then covers them up again. So they, they spend all this time digging out this hole just to fill it up with a whole bunch of shit. Yep. So they don't have <laughs> so to they can lay an egg. incubate their own eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Where's uh, the... Yeah. <laughs> Is it so just... it's mostly the male. He will, like, monitor this hole for, like, 9 to 11 months of the year, which is what? most of the year. What? Yeah. Why don't they what? just sit Wait. on their eggs? Nah, bro. They're not about that. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. So when you say he's monitoring it, like yeah. that's how long it takes for the egg to incubate? Um n- no. Well, so okay, here's here's the sitch. So the female lays a shit ton of eggs. <laughs> like a shit ton of eggs. Like she lays what is it? 15 to 24 eggs in a season. But what the she fuck? lays them like every 6 days. So she lays like one egg a week basically. Mm. um mm-hmm. and the eggs are huge they're like 10 percent of the female's body weight so oh. if you think about it holy crap yeah if you think about it over a season she like very commonly like lays more weight than herself if that makes sense like they can apparently lay like 250 yeah. percent of their own body weight during the breeding season wow the fuck yeah it's wild and then the incubation period for like a single <laughs> egg is like about two months like 60 ish days Mm-hmm. yeah shit yep 
And then while they're in there, the female is like, you know, out finding food and whatnot because she has to make these like enormous quantity of huge eggs. And so the male is like hanging around the nest and like basically making sure that the temperature in the mound stays super consistent. And so Mm. the males, apparently they have like temperature sensitive bills. So like to measure the temperature of the sand, they like take a bill full of sand, which like, thank you ion channels, because that's what those do. That's why they're temperature sensitive. Um, anyway, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, so like if it's too hot, so like usually early in the breeding season, like early in the morning, they'll like dig up parts of the mound. So like the heat can escape from inside, Mm -hmm. but then they can also heat the mound up if it gets too cold. So basically they like lay out a bunch of sand and let the sun heat it up. And then they push the hot sand into the center of the mound. What the Which fuck? is so cool. And basically yeah. they can keep the temperature in that mound like relatively consistent between like it says they average 33 degrees Celsius, which is like 91-ish Fahrenheit, which is pretty warm. Yeah. Yeah. Just what the fuck? Yep. Super That's impressive. Crazy. And and it fucking works. Like they have like a 70 to 80% hatching success rate, which is really high relative to some other birds. Nice. That's insanely high. Yeah. But then here's my favorite part. After they like monitor this thing for like two months, the egg hatches, the chicks have to like dig themselves out of the sand. So it's like like being (laughs) born buried alive, basically. But okay, so the chicks dig themselves out and then the parents are just like, well, fuck off you. Like, get out of here. Go take care of yourself. And so there's zero parental care. They care about the mound and the nest and they don't do anything with the chicks. The chicks are on their own immediately. If they manage to dig themselves out of the sand. Sounds like some sort of political party we have in the United States. Oh, hey, sad. Hey. Hey. It just got real. Yes. Hey. Yes. That's hey. Mm. <laughs> uh, Whoa. Uh, yeah. So for that reason, most of the chicks actually die. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's so sad. So they'll lay, you know, what did I say? Like something like 24-ish eggs in a season. They usually only actually produce about like eight chicks-ish. Because oh, most of them die. That is, it's like having a kid and caring more about the crib than yeah. the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, completely. But your crib also has 24 babies in it. And you're just like, well, I guess the strong ones will survive. <laughs> there's a reason they had 24 of them yeah that's because some of them will die a lot of them horrifying yeah but if they make it most of them uh like six months ish they have pretty high survival and like the adults can live like 15 to 20 years so Mm. oh my god yeah which is a lot for like a game if you think about a chicken or a turkey like they're not living 20 years no way jose Nah. nah Not even a, not even if they're organically fed. Exactly. Especially <laughs> not if they're organically fed. Truth. They're about to be someone's lunch. <laughs> yeah, yep. they are. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that is the Mally Fowl. <laughs> that was so cool. Nice. They're so cool. Uh, megapodes in general are just, they blow my mind. Uh, do other yeah. megapodes mm-hmm. do that? Um, other megapodes do the mound building as well, but I think it's like pretty different in wetter regions that get more rainfall. Mm, It's not as intense. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going next. So I'm going to be talking about, um, (laughs) 
the sociable weaver today um which is a really cool tiny 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 little bird um it's a species of finch that is found in south africa nambia and botswana and uh they're but they're mostly found like centered in uh south africa in the north cape province um they're pretty small they are let's see how big are they oh yeah they're uh about five inches in length oh teeny and they're kind of like yeah they're so small um and they are like brown with a black chin and they have like these barred flanks and a scalloped back Mm -hmm. um so they're pretty like they're overall just brown with black on them um so just seeing one by itself i think it would be pretty like oh it's a small brown bird and you wouldn't think twice about it but these birds are called the sociable weaver for a very good reason um during the they don't really have a breeding season they kind of breed at all times of year because the weather is fairly consistent in their range Mm -hmm. um but it is like closely linked to rainfall so um they kind of tend to in the northern part of the range breed between like december and august um but in the southern parts of their range it can be like basically whenever they fucking feel like it (laughs) um which is pretty cool um, but their nests are insane. Uh, so they're called sociable weavers because they have giant nesting colonies that are permanent structures. So these weavers will all get together and with their tiny little bills, this five inch long bird will make nesting colonies that are the size of a tree canopy Whoa. <laughs> between oh all of That's them. That's big. Yeah. And each... Each, like, structure contains individual cells, almost like a honeycomb. So each finch has their own nest within this giant colony of nests that just, like, looks like a giant wasp thing. Yeah, it's like a little birdie (laughs) apartment building. Yeah, it's really cool. They can be found on... um, on telephone poles and electricity poles dangerous. and trees it does <gasps> oh um, my god okay we sorry what? this is off topic but it's i okay. think that there needs to be a musical that's like sesame street except it's all fucking sociable weaver finches <laughs> <laughs> with their finchy little chatter just like yeah. going to different honeycomb cells yeah yeah oh my god i'm gonna oh, I'll start writing on the lyrics that. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. <laughs> Can we make it a rock opera? But make it a rock opera. Yes. Yes. Clearly, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm on it. But with lots of finchy noises. Yes. Yes. That's that's a that's a necessity. Um. Okay. They uh weaver finches will also deter predators from entering their nests or their giant structures. By placing sharp sticks near the entrances that are closest to the ground. So, like, snakes trying to, like, get up in the trees to, like, eat these finches and their babies while they're uh, roosting will just, like, encounter sharp sticks and be deterred by them because... Oh, my God. They don't... They They have a security (laughs) system. I know. Wow. (laughs) They can't have a moat, so they have Mm -hmm. uh, pikes, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Good enough. Um... Yeah, 
Uh, there can be between five and a hundred nesting chambers uh, in a single sociable weaver nest, which can provide a home for between ten and four hundred birds. Oh my god! At a time, it's like the worst apartment situation ever. Yeah, talk about overcrowding. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. I'm I'm looking at some of my sources to try and see if there was like a weight estimated for these yeah. birds' nests, but I'm not. I'm not seeing one, but it is just, like, insanely impressive. It looks like a giant wasp, like a paper wasp nest, you know, where it's just, like, kind of, like, bulbous and like, strange ways. It's like that, but it's a bird nest, and it's woven with their tiny little bills and feet out of mm. dried mm-hmm. grasses. That's so cool. Oh, my God. Wait, so do they, like, is there, like, a hierarchy about, like, who gets a better position where and or do they inherit, like family members Ooh. fucking Ooh. houses because that would be wild that is that is a really sorry good question. i'm asking I really specific and detailed questions that are beyond <laughs> the scope of this episode i'm just so curious no 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 it's good um so they uh so it's mostly like the central chambers they, they have different chambers for different uses right so the central oh. ones are used for like nighttime roosting because they tend to be warmer Mm. and then the outside ones are used for like shade in the daytime because they tend to be cooler dude that's cool um but i i'm not sure i don't know if they inherit the nest spaces from like if the progeny will inherit their nest spaces or if there's a hierarchy i'm i'm unsure about that. that's okay Requires further research. <laughs> I can Google when I <laughs> later. Oh my god! Uh, I just looked at fair. some pictures of these nests, and it's sort of mind blowing. Yeah, watch out if you have tryptophobia. Do not look at these <laughs> pictures. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my submission for best bird nest. <laughs> Now I feel like we're competing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we let our listeners decide which ones they like best. Well, these we are so cool. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I got some bird nest jealousy now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you're up next, Maya. So you want to tell us? Uh... All right. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> tell you about... Uh... Another kind of crazy bird nest. Um, Maybe a little bit less impressive because it's not like a giant apartment building, but still pretty cool. (laughs) Very, uh, very artisan, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this bird species is called the red oven bird or the Rufus Mm -hmm. ornero. Mm-hmm. And it's found um, throughout, like, kind of the southern half of South America, east of the Andes, and usually, like, an open, kind of open forests or, like, open pasture situations. And um, it is also the national bird of Argentina, which I learned today oh, while doing this research. Like, ah. <laughs> um, which bird. like, kind of funny because it's, like, a... It builds these really cool nests, and so it's known as a very hardworking bird. And so it's just like, (laughs) it's pretty funny. (laughs) That's like the national thing is to like just be good at building houses. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, it's in the oven bird family. Um, Wood. Or it's considered an oven bird in the wood creeper family, which is different from like the oven birds that we have here in Wisconsin um, during the summer. And those are in the warbler family. So this is a little bit different um, to most people, though. They probably look very similar. They're kind of like a <laughs> like a dull rufusy brown bird. Spends a lot of time on the ground. Um, they have like a white <laughs> eye stripe, white supercilium. Um, and you probably wouldn't pay a lot of attention to them. Except that they build these really cool nests out of, like, mud and um, just, like, kind of any, like, clay-like material they can find. And these nests are on tree branches, but they look just like a like a clay oven that you might build outside for, like, a pizza oven or, like, a... Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know, like, what you use those for most of the time. But um, it's, like, a, a really old type of building, like, a really old building process. And... Um, yeah, they look, they're like really striking when you see them um, on these tree branches, especially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, so I've seen the finished nests. I've never seen a bird building one, which is like really mind blowing to me how they're able to like make these structures with just like, you know, like carrying one like mouthful of mud up to a tree at a time oh. for like days and days. Um and yeah, it's cool. They build the nests and use them for one year only. And then like the next year we'll build a different nest, but they last for a really long time. And so a lot of other species will like kind of take over them um, or adapt them a little bit. So you see a ton of these in like one oven bird territory. That's so cool. And That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx. They're pretty sweet. And I think I was like, I saw these when I was doing field work looking at different species last winter and was just like super interested in them. Um, And so when I was thinking about this episode today, I was just like Googling around a little bit and found a paper that came out not too long ago um, from Brazil where some researchers took these little like temperature data loggers that I actually use in my research here and they put them inside of the, the oven bird nests and yeah. they were able to show that these nests like heat up in the sun so much that they serve as incubation chambers. Mm. And so the adults wow. don't actually have to incubate. Like they oh. lay their eggs and then they heat up so much that the adults can be like out foraging and not having to spend the energy incubating as well. Dude. Which is usually like a really intense like part of a bird's life history where they're trying to, you know, be incubating these eggs, but also like feeding as much as they can and building up strength to then be raising nestlings and so it's a really cool life history adaptation solar powered (laughs) yeah for real (laughs) yeah a solar oven basically that's awesome um yeah yeah no it was really cool this paper also um went one step further and realized that they were looking at these nests in like different habitat situations and so it's obviously for the birds like a really intense energetic um, cost to build a nest like this. And it totally pays off in most situations, in most habitat situations where like the temperature is much more like high and then also much more stable within the nest. Um, but in clear cuts, which are becoming more common in some parts of the Ornero's range, in those cases, um, it doesn't really like the the benefits of building the nest like this are much lower. 
And so <laughs> it's like doesn't make as much sense for the birds in those cases anymore. But like evolutionarily, the birds will like keep spending all this energy to build the nests. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like an area of research right now. Not that they're declining or anything. They're pretty common, but just like interesting how how much clear cuts and like logging can change the temperature of an ecosystem. You know, like don't really think of that quite so mm-hmm. often or I don't anyways. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. But um, cool. yeah, no, they're really cool looking nests and the word ornero, the name oven bird is um, Spanish for baker because they do look so much like these little mud ovens. Oh, and yeah, it's kind of fun because the oven bird that we have here, um, the warbler species makes a nest out of leaves that we're always told looks like an oven, but like doesn't really to me ever look like an oven. So it was kind of fun to like discover this one and be like, oh, like oven bird. Okay. <laughs> now it's coming together. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up pictures of the nest and it is very much like a mm-hmm. little oven that is very cool. Mm-hmm. It's really little sweet and just like oven. perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like a snail shell too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So cute. So cool. Is that like- so many amazing nests. I know. Is that all you had, Maya? It is. Also, I think my internet is like really in and out right now. So sorry for that. Mm. (laughs) That's all good. Hopefully you can hear me most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, you just cut out a little bit at the end for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. But you good. Nice. Ashley! Yeah, so we're going to transition from Horneros to Hornbills. Um, <laughs> we totally planned yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, so <laughs> hornbills are a group of birds that sort of um, resemble toucans, um, but they live in like Africa and Asia instead of uh, like South America. Um, like Zazu. Yes, Zazu ah! was a hornbill. Um, and there are many species, uh, 59 of them to be exact, and they occupy a variety of habitats um, from like dry savannas and scrub woodlands to humid rainforest. Um, but they have very unique nesting habits. Um, in that they all nest in cavities, but the females will seal themselves into the nest cavity to incubate and brood the chicks. And Whoa. The, the female doesn't leave until um, much, much later to finish raising the chicks. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So, it's sort of crazy. Um... Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of. That's bonkers. Um, okay, let's see. So I just said they nest in natural cavities um, or cavities excavated by like woodpeckers or barbettes. Uh, the females will seal themselves oh. in 
and it's often with like sort of a mud type uh sort of you know stuff to seal the opening um (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm doing real good at talking here (laughs) you're killing it yeah it's like it's been a day it's okay um what else let's see they remain there until the eggs are done incubating and the young have hatched which can often be for months the the male um and sometimes helper individuals which i think tend to be previous male offspring um basically supply the female with food and then the nestlings through like this little slit in the op- in the mud wall of the cavity what the fuck um yeah wow so this female's hmm. just in this nest cavity with the eggs and the chicks for months and then the male feeds her uh once the first <laughs> eggs are laid i can't see your face so i don't know what's going on keep going please (laughs) i think you're gonna answer my question um, i'm just mind blown that's all so once the the eggs are laid the female normally undergoes a like very rapid molt let's see the chicks are in the nest for 40 to 50 days for smaller species and about twice that for larger hornbill species jeez yeah uh in some species both the mother and fledglings emerge at the same time and other ones the female emerges after the chicks are pretty well developed um in that case the nestlings seal themselves back in and they just kept being fed by the parents through the little (laughs) hole in the wall what like no five more minutes mom Yeah, okay, but get this. The young hatch and fledge asynchronously, so they don't leave the nest all at the same time. And so when one chick leaves the nest, the remaining chicks seal up the cavity again. What the fuck? Oh my god. What are they Okay, wait, I can I can I ask I I'd have so many questions. What are they like I assume the mud wall is built with like external dirt? mud right yeah external dirt mud (laughs) like outside of the outside of the nest itself so how do they what do they reseal it with i I don't know i feel like if they're sealed in the nest must be fucking disgusting in there like are they just like (laughs) shoveling out (laughs) dude baby baby. birds make a lot of poop they do yeah Um, yeah so I'm getting all of my information from birds of the world, and they oh, say good. that the female mm-hmm. and chicks try to keep the nest clean by defecating through the tiny little opening. Um, oh, the same opening that they that get food work through? super well. Yep. <laughs> and so the nest is yeah. just, like, thoroughly, thoroughly soiled by bird poop <laughs> and feather and dander. Um, the nest is fucked. Yeah, (laughs) this is horrible. (laughs) I I couldn't find really any information about like how they seal themselves back up in there. I'm just gonna assume some sort of mixture from within the nest, but I don't know that for a fact. Ugh. 
All I, right. My, okay. Can I ask my second mm-hmm. question? Okay. How did, like, is it, how did they get out? Do they just, like, break through? Like, they got big-ass bill faces. It's like the Kool-Aid man. So do they use that? I'm just going to imagine <laughs> it that way. Um, let me see if I can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time to leave this filthy nest. <laughs> Smells like shit in here. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh okay. yeah uh, <laughs> i like don't i can't find a lot of information about it at least on birds of the world okay it's cool i'm just gonna i'm gonna make a meme about it it's fine yeah. okay yes yeah. <laughs> yep so if you're curious just we'll use uh the great hornbill as an example the male will bring up to 185 items of food daily uh, and regurgitate these items from the gullet to the the female in the nest. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the great hornbill, the female... Emerges from the nest a few days before the chick, chick or chicks, oldest chick, I think, (laughs) which is after being in this cavity, sealed in this cavity for four months. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the light sensitivity that your eyes would have? Well, I mean, so there's a little hole, like there's still some light coming in. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Nah, dude, that's the pee hole and the food hole. I don't think there's that much light coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Or can you imagine like your muscles, right? Like oh, just like atrophy for four months. Yeah, like your legs are fucked if you don't use them for a month. Like these animals, she hasn't flown for four months. Like. That's got to be, that's a hell of an arm yeah. workout to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That's really impressive. Yeah. It's a lot of commitment. I don't think I could My... do it. Nope. Being sealed in a very tiny space mm-hmm. by myself sounds horrible. I can't imagine doing it with another living thing. With right? all of your offspring. Mm-hmm. With all of your offspring. <laughs> Rony parenting is just like a hornbill, and you all you are all crushing it. <laughs> Damn. Oh, okay. Found some information. I don't know if this is okay, accurate or not. Um, I'm finding this from factsanddetails.com, so clearly oh. it's true. Oh, uh, yeah, a classic resource. So reputable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they the chicks break a hole in the wall. And sort of like poke their head out to see what's going on, and then they sort of leave. It doesn't. Aww. Um, and it says that the parents sort of like squawk loudly to encourage them to come out. I don't know. <laughs> like they're jumping in a pool. I guess that That's wasn't as cute. exciting as I thought it was gonna be. Um. So it's okay. so you're saying it's more like a tentative Kool Aid man, maybe. Yeah, mm. a cautious mm-hmm. Kool Aid man. Like he breaks the wall, yeah. and he's like, "Who's in here? What's going on? Is it, a, is it a, like, <laughs> okay?" 
<laughs> is there food out there? I'll come out if there's snacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe it's a good nest. Maybe it's a really full of shit yeah. nest. I don't know. It's impressive either way. Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So we have now talked about some of the best nests. And now we're going to talk about <laughs> some of the worst nests. I was going to say failures of the bird kingdom, but like, I don't think that that's accurate because it still works. It's just mm-hmm. like all these <laughs> nest types are adapted for the environment and the life history of the birds. So subjectively, in my opinion, one of the worst nests is the <laughs> nest or lack thereof of the white tern, which is also known as the fairy tern. Um, and so as you can imagine, it's a turn. So it's a seabird and they're pantropical, which means they like span the globe around the tropics. Um, and they're just so pretty. They're like basically completely like pure blindingly white. And then they have this really dark black bill and like these big black eyes, like little doe eyes. They're so pretty. You should definitely Google them. I just Um, Googled them and they don't look real. Yeah. Aww. They're yeah. I think they're also called like angel turns or something like that. Oh. Yeah, they're good birds. But so if you think about turn species, usually they nest colonially and a lot of them nest on the ground, but not these turns. Um the catch with the white turn is basically that they put zero effort into building a nest. Like literally they just don't build a nest <laughs> at all. They just kind of drop an egg wherever (laughs) and I was surprised to learn this apparently like it depends on the pair but some pairs actually scout like really hard to find a good nest site um and like the male and the female will like prospect together and like some pairs will like look for weeks before they actually lay an egg which is really funny because if you see pictures of these nests it's literally just a bird on a branch with an egg (laughs) Like, there's nothing. They just, like, balance their egg on whatever. Um, What the fuck? Yeah, it's really goofy looking. Um, And, yeah, it's, like, the thing is they don't even, like, choose, like, an amazing spot. It's usually, like, like, I heard stories when I was out on Johnston that, like, when there were buildings there that the turns would just drop eggs on people's windowsills all the time. Like, they were, like, this is a cliff. It is the best (laughs) testing spot. And so people oh. would just get to watch these turns like grow up on their windowsill, which is really oh. cool. Oh, I want to so watch cool. a yeah. turn grow up on my windowsill. So right? cute. Um, but yeah, so they only lay they lay one egg at a time. Um, and as you can imagine, they have a pretty low hatch rate. Like they they lose eggs a lot because if it's windy, they're like, oh shit, there goes my egg. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they also just like roll off of ledges sometimes. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but when they lose an egg, they relay pretty quickly. And like some pairs will lay up to six eggs in a single breeding season because they lose a lot of eggs. Wow. Yeah. I don't understand how they survived this long. Yeah, it's a pretty low (laughs) investment. Well, and here's the thing. So they have to incubate for, it's like a month. It's like 35 to 36 days of incubation on this little teeny tiny branch. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's not a great plan. No, it's kind of magical that any of them hatch. Yeah. (laughs) How is this species still alive? 
I don't know, but they're doing pretty well. I think so. Part of it is actually that they can nest in places where other terns can't nest. I suppose. Mm. Um, and also it's, you know, like the whole island thing of like not really having any predators. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's the big thing. Except gravity. Um, and Except gravity. <laughs> gravity is the worst predator. <laughs> I mean, when you lay your egg on a itty bitty tree branch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or wind. Wind ruins everything. Um, yep. But yeah, so actually that's one of the hypotheses for how they evolved to not build nests is like they thought that they could potentially like colonize areas where other birds can't because they didn't really need any sort of nesting material, which is nice for mm-hmm. like islands that are formed by like coral or like volcano stuff. Mm-hmm. I, won- um, I wonder what the oh, evolutionary steps were. To like getting from <laughs> sort of, I would assume, a stereotypical turn nest to Amalema mm-hmm. egg on a branch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I feel like there's a lot of seabirds that put very little effort into their nests yeah. because without without mm. predators, there's not really a, a point. I guess so. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of seabird nests mm-hmm. aren't elaborate. They're just like yeah. little divots in the dirt Mm -hmm. but yeah like a little Mm -hmm. scrape yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so that actually the other hypothesis is that not building a nest might be an adaptation to avoid nest parasites which can which Mm. can sometimes be really nasty Mm -hmm. in nests Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah so yeah i think the worst nest is no nest apparently (laughs) and that is the white turn (laughs) Uh. oh i'm next um sorry uh okay so i'm gonna be talking about a bird that we in in the united states can see here a lot um it's pretty common it's the morning dove Ah! morning as in like you're sad like more like you're in morning versus like the sun is out and it's morning time um (laughs) and that was homophones by jen well, you have to make that clarification. If it's true, I don't want the birds of Wisconsin class is any indication. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, it's quite confusing for uh, for those of you many. that don't live in the United States. They're called morning doves because they make a very sad cooing noise. It sounds like they're crying. They do. Yeah. Well, they're probably crying because they can't build a fucking <laughs> nest to save their lives. <laughs> I relate to this a lot. Probably. <laughs> they tried, um, but it's so just not enough. I think, you know, um, I'm not even going to say the effort was there. So a lot of times morning dove nests, like when you think of a nest, you think of like some set of like twigs and sticks and grasses and the moss or whatever that's like assembled together to form like a little pouch (laughs) these doves just literally like they they pile twigs on top of each other and lay an egg on it call it a pile no they they, they're like they they get (laughs) yeah they gather (laughs) an assemblage of tiny sticks and put an egg on top of them um like a little cherry on an ice cream sundae (laughs) (laughs) like have you ever played pickup sticks 
Oh, it's yeah. It's like if you yeah. just took they all make... of those and dropped them on the ground <laughs> and that was your nest. They make, they make the world's shittiest raft yes. and lay an egg on it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're not... Uh, their their nest rate i think is actually fairly successful mm-hmm. they're not an endangered Mm-mm. bird at all they're they're apparently doing okay by um uh you know attempting to gather a loose assemblage of things <laughs> and put an egg on it um it seems to be working great for them i i don't know I think the most put together morning dove nest that i've ever seen was like in the corner of a of a of like a uh, a campground structure, mm-hmm. and it looked like a robin had nested there in a prior year, and the morning dove had like smashed the <laughs> nest down, <laughs> and then decided to lay an egg I've on it. I've seen them use old robin nests, and they just like lay oh. a couple sticks across the top and call it good. <laughs> yeah, I've also seen them. It's newly refurbished. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've also seen them nest on the ground. On a couple sticks? Yes, that was... And on a a log on a couple sticks? And in a tree on a couple sticks? And you can see the egg from underneath. Yep. (laughs) They're really, really good at not... At attempting to build nests, I think. (laughs) We do think they're, like, super overconfident in their nest building abilities, too. Like... (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Like, morning doves strut around yeah. like they own the place just in general. I think they, like, as they're gathering these twigs, are like, oh, fuck, yeah, my nest <laughs> is the shit. <laughs> oh, that's probably true. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, like, looking at a robin nest, like, look at that joker. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's an open floor plan. These- Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Very modern. <laughs> oh, that was really good, Ashley. <laughs> that was great. I'm ending it there. That's that's all I got. It was too. It's too perfect. We can't. I can't end on anything else. Uh, okay, but this one time I, I was um, working for uh, the Breeding Bird Atlas Project in Wisconsin. And the whole point is you have to, like, document behaviors of birds as they're, like, nesting. And so, like, watching a bird carry nesting material is, like, a really big accomplishment to, like, find that and, like, see it. And you can, like, document, like, for sure this bird is nesting somewhere close by. And my friend and I one time spent probably, like, 15 minutes in the pouring rain watching this morning dove because we were pretty sure it was building a nest. And, like, it was on the ground, and it was next to, like, a twig, and it was, like, poking at the twig. And we're like, all we need to see is this bird to, like, pick up the twig and fly somewhere. And it would, like, almost pick it up and then drop it and then, like, go to the other side and, like, start this whole process over and, like... Like pick it up like in its foot and then like then to its beak and then like fly a little bit and then drop it and we're like, is it is it? <laughs> is this how it's done so or is he just long. super incompetent? Oh my god, it was the most painful thing and it finally like flew this little twig like up to like one branch in a pine tree and we're like, okay, we're just gonna believe that like somewhere here. <laughs> Who knows? It might have just been that one stick. It yeah. might have been. But we were like. No, something's going on. <laughs> oh, it was so hard to watch. Oh, and another morning dove actually um 
like three times in one summer built a nest um at my my grandma's house in the gutter underneath the downspout <laughs> and so it would be yeah. like great for like three days and then it would rain and just like this downpour of water like right onto this morning on its nest and like of course like eventually like twigs would start washing away and then like the whole nest goes and you're like oh no and it would just rebuild in the same spot oh my god he's using he's using the big brain part oh yeah he's like hey Hey, it, it 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 rained real hard here one time. It's surely not gonna happen a second time. Oh, oh no, just vacant, like no memory of this. These <laughs> 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 oh, birds, so good. Oh. How so are they excellent. everywhere? Like I don't understand how they're because so. Because they will make babies at any time of the year. At least where that's it's true, warm. That's helpful. Where it's cold like yeah. wisconsin they will make babies for like eight months out of the year yeah you know, i had fledgling time. doves in march already in my in yard march. Yeah. oh my god whoa yeah okay but, but they're like, like early quick, right? april but like yeah. what is their their incubation Wait, what, period is like super short right i think so like yeah isn't mm-hmm. it like th- also mm. their babies are real like ugly days? when they're in the nest Oh, oh my god, pills. talk about an yeah. awkward phase. They're kind of gnarly. A little ugly. They're pretty alien. Any dove species is yeah. <laughs> just like a fucking mess a when they alien. hatch. <laughs> yep. All right, we got to move it along. Okay, moving it along. Um. So the bird that I came across that I think has a, a pretty pretty low quality nest that's also pretty <laughs> hilarious um is an african jacana but actually any jacana species mm-hmm. and <laughs> these are um like wetland species that actually have like really cool adaptations for living like right on the edge of water or kind of like out in um yeah in like marsh type habitats um they have like they're the birds that have really long toes that are like slightly webbed they can kind of like balance on top of like a little bit of floating vegetation or live out like kind of I guess similar to like the turn thing so they're like nesting (laughs) in places that are like hard to reach for predators um but it's kind of fun they so actually the males are the ones that build nests and they'll build like a whole series of nests um, kind of close to each other. And they're made out of like floating aquatic plants and reeds. And um, yeah, the idea is they just like float on the water. What? But the construction seems like, like maybe the idea is there, but like the execution is like not quite there. And so they oh. do tend to float, but not always. And um, <laughs> so really often it'll, it'll, everything will like start out great. And then after like a few days of incubation, like the whole thing is like slowly starting no, to sink into the water a little bit. <laughs> and actually, I guess this happens enough. This is like enough of a problem that the eggs are pretty waterproof. What? And <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing can like start to sink. But then usually what happens is... As this like goes on for a while, um, the males as they're incubating will like have to like pick up the eggs and move them to like another nearby <laughs> nest. <laughs> I guess it can happen a few times during incubation. How do they <laughs> pick the eggs up? I guess they With kind their... of like roll them. Okay. It's like 
I'm not 100% clear on this part. But <laughs> they pick them up with their nightmare Freddy Krueger-esque toes. <laughs> it's not that much of a nightmare. They're kind of cute. There's, okay, wait, there's that one picture. Do you know what I'm talking about where it has like all of its young under its wings oh, and it just yeah. looks like this one bird that has like 87 legs and it's like the freakiest yeah. first image you've ever seen. Oh, completely. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll put it somewhere. I'll put yes. it on the website that I never update. Mm. oh shit no Sorry. i yeah i know the picture you're talking about it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah i do too yes it became a meme i'm pretty Probably. sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> wait okay so <laughs> like they have to they have to weave the plant material right uh, to get it to do this weaving mm. <laughs> is it more just like <laughs> flopped on there into the mud it's free form yeah. i would say free form yeah okay <laughs> all, right. all right so do the eggs float i don't know they're definitely waterproof i don't think they float okay in fact i'm very sure they don't float <laughs> okay but wait i have a question yeah you said about the waterproof are, are most eggs not at least slightly waterproof? Because I have seen a chicken egg for my for my breath kissed, uh to be hard-boiled when I put it in the pot. And no egg leaks out into the water in the pot and makes it all a scuzzy well, egg mess. I think mm-hmm. water could go into the egg or out of the egg. Like, eggs mm-hmm. lose water volume over time. Mm-hmm. I think it's an oxygen thing. Yeah. Is the main deal. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking I was thinking a little splishy splashy. It's probably not gonna hurt most eggs. <laughs> I guess I was just assuming that like if they build this kind of nest, it might take them a little while to like move the egg from one nest mm-hmm. to the other nest. I but so mm-hmm. I could be totally making that up. <laughs> Maybe it's really graceful <laughs> and really immediate. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't doubt know. that. <laughs> yeah. Birds moving their own eggs never seems graceful to me. It always yeah. seems like kind of this this harrowing experience of like they're gonna drop it mm-hmm. or like they're gonna roll it off the cliff accidentally i just can see it coming oh, oh my, my god. god totally this i was reminded of this last week when i was watching the loons and like you know like get, watching them get on land is wild anyway but they'd like climb onto the nest and then they like stand up mm-hmm. vertical and like roll the egg under them and i'm just always terrified because then they just kind of like uh, fall on it and i'm always uh, like, uh, <laughs> like just don't do right. it slower. <laughs> gentle, gentle. Yeah, like you're 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 big. You're a big bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their eggs can take it. They, they know what they're apparently doing. Apparently can, yeah. Minus wow. the uh, yeah, as long as there's not too much mercury, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh my god, even songbirds though. I for a while was like doing this project where we had a, a tiny little recorder in a bird nest to try mm. to like pick up the heart rate of the female, which is like often didn't work but what we would hear was the female like getting into the nest and just frantically scrabbling around for like five minutes to like shuffle all the eggs yeah. and like turn the eggs over oh. have you ever watched oh, like the loudest uh i don't know like a nest cam on like an eagle nest or like the cornell red tail oh, nest or something yeah it's terrifying like, watching that so they, terrifying like, tuck their claws under and they walk on their knuckles around the nest oh. so they don't poke their little mm-hmm. eggs with their sharp sharp 
claws. Whoa. And then they That's like crazy. turn and they, but, all their eggs uh, over and then they shimmy down and they like because they don't have hands, right? They have to like use their face to like yeah, I know. and it shimmy themselves into the proper position on the nest. <laughs> so it's cute. really cute. It's but harrowing. Funny. It's terrifying every time I see it, though, because it's like, ah, oh, you're so sharp. You're sharp by design. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Completely. Do you have anything more about the Jacanas? Yeah, Is it Jacana or Jasana? Oh, I've always heard Jacana. I yeah, heard someone too. say Jasana once, and then I was like, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if I've compute. been saying it wrong this whole time, or... Mm. No, I, I have... I, I know this. The answer is it's pronounced jicama. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought it was It was funny. Fun. <laughs> okay. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Go, Ashley, go. So our last bird that I'm going to talk about it's a common nighthawk. No. And uh, they follow a similar theme uh, <laughs> of the uh, white tern in that they really don't build a nest. Mm. Do you want to hear what Birds of the World has to say about their nest construction process? <laughs> oh. Yes, please. Oh my God, yeah, yes, do. please. <laughs> it literally says none. <laughs> Followed by a period. Whole process. None. Brutal. That is brutal. <laughs> um, so, common nighthawks nest on the ground. Uh, they do not even like build a little scrape or anything. They don't dig out a little hollow. They just lay their eggs on the dirt, or, or. Uh, gravel, sand, bare rock, wood chips, uh, leaves, pine needles, uh, slag, tar paper, cinders, and occasionally living vegetation such as moss, dandelion, rosettes, or lichens. Oh, if they Aww. accidentally get it on something soft and nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, they, do they scrape no. it up at all to like, no. try and make it, a depression or they just, just plop an egg? Eggs on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so they basically don't build a nest. Their eggs are very sort of like um tan and cream and splotched all over with like browns and tans, so they're very well camouflaged. Um they're very mm-hmm. hard to see. I know firsthand because I find I have found nighthawk nests before during field work mm. um, when I was working on oh, Kirtland's cool. warbler stuff. They nest in the same habitat. Oh. <laughs> um, and really you don't know there's a nighthawk nest until the the female flies off and starts gurgling and grunting at you <laughs> and hissing. And looking like <laughs> its face is splitting in half. Oh yes. And then you look down at your feet, and there are two very well camouflaged eggs that you almost stomped on. (laughs) So, poor Um, babes. That's that's nighthawk nests. Mm. (laughs) So So good. Yeah, I just I'm 
I'm I'm so proud of these birds. The first set of birds for putting in so much effort. And the second set of birds for making it this far. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Very little effort. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they did it. Um, Um, Yeah. In urban areas, they really seem to prefer um, flat gravel roofs. Mm -hmm. Ooh. They don't roll. Yeah. Eggs don't roll. uh, Generally... Oh, the first reported use of uh, roofs for nesting was in 1869. Fun fact. For common nighthawks, I should say, not just birds generally. Um, Generally, they select (laughs) large roofs with like a a little wall, and then they nest like sort of close to the wall. Aww. Mm -hmm. That would be so cute. Can you imagine seeing a little nighthawk nest? Like... Ugh, with their tiny elder Yeah, I was babies. like, wait, what do the babies look like? Um, I want to see this. I feel like it's scary. They're oh, sort know. of just like fluffy, fluffy little babies. I don't know. I mean. Oh, yeah. They're really not that. I mean, they're very camouflaged. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're not particularly yeah, they notable. They don't, they don't look like something that's going to grow up and be a monster. No. <laughs> I think because all all like bird babies have mouths that are like disproportionately huge mm-hmm. and theirs doesn't even look mm-hmm. that disproportionately huge compared yeah. to what the adults end up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, they grow and and you know, they they go through this thing where their bodies change and they probably feel weird and uncomfortable they, in their bodies mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. oh, they grow hair and and then oh no, they're a nightmare. Places. Yeah, they grow hair in weird places, and, and then their they're nightmare. Drop. And you, you never <laughs> drop to grunts. <laughs> Bird puberty is a beautiful, horrible time for <laughs> night hogs. Uh, that's all I got. So, I mean, th- I guess the worst nest is no nest, but it seems to be working for them. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about bird nests and the uh, ins and outs yeah. of some of the most elaborate and least elaborate bird nests that there are out there. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a couple of shout outs this week. Um, one is for Isabel May or Izzy or at Wellspoken Tweet on Twitter. And we have another shout-out. Was their tweet well-spoken? Their tweet was well. Well, they liked one of our tweets. So, so yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Um, Our our second shout-out is to Hans Ahasteen or at Mo underscore Navajo on Twitter. Um, Thank you so much for retweeting us, for liking our tweets, and for giving us shout-outs. We really appreciate it. Um, tiny bit of housekeeping flock tales for the foreseeable future will be uh, switching to an every other week podcast instead of an every week podcast just because it's the field season baby. going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's field season and there's a lot going on and we're all pretty busy um, so we will get we will try and put out episodes every other week Um, And we might be taking a short hiatus until about mid-June as well. So stay tuned for 
more updates on that. Um, but if you want even more updates, you can follow us on our social medias. Yes. <laughs> Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flocktail Hour. Yeah. And we have and a- send nice. us an email to flocktailspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Amazing. I'm going to roll it. And, our- <laughs> and Ashley, what's our website? Ooh. Horribly out Ooh. of date. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Uh, the best thing to ever Hell yeah. the internet. Oh, yes. Check it out. Find a link to our merch store as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. We uh, oh, Hopefully. Oh, our, our website is flocktailhour.com. In case you didn't oh, know that yeah. already. Thank you. I didn't say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! And hopefully we will have a new merch drop oh. soon. Hey. Hopefully. We're we're working on it. We're Do working on say it. Me, but I think it's Cody. Right. <laughs> it Cody. is Cody. <laughs> okay, but these Havoc tank tops are bomb. I've been Ooh, wearing mine like a lot. Oh my I God. haven't worn mine yet because mm-hmm. it's been cold here. That was my that yep. was my base layer like most of the week while I was looning. Mm, yeah, important layer. They're real mm-hmm. soft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're real soft and super comfy, and there's a lot of underarm room. So if you need to air your pits, yeah, do. Uh, it's important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Got to make sure everybody smells the stink. Not just <laughs> I was me. Just thinking <laughs> that. You got to disperse the stink. <laughs> if I have to smell it, you have to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> but also i really Same hate roll with burps and farts so yeah it's very not yeah, fun rough times um but yeah find us on the socials we're switching to every other week i think that's pretty much it did nobody i miss anything nobody has sent us no. bird poop pictures that look like other things we gotta we or gotta put out the message. We gotta put the puns. feelers out. Okay, maybe mm. we should take some ourselves. Yeah, and that's that probably will spur a good other idea. people. Maybe that will inspire yes. others okay. to also create. We also, well, document. We can, yeah, not create. Don't create them yourself. I mean, <laughs> we had some birds poop on us today. At least I did. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. sort of scared the poop out of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's on you, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is one other important thing that I I don't know so much about, but we are doing it. Um, June fifth, Flocktails will be having our very own oh, birdathon. Hey, that's coming up. Wisconsin birdathon. Yeah. Um, it's an all day. Th- it's a thing where we're raising money to donate to. Bird concert, bird habitat yes, conservation. Yes, it supports a whole bunch of cool projects like whooping crane recovery and Kirtland's warbler stuff in Wisconsin and Aww. piping plovers and uh, other amazing cool things. So yeah, so you're not just giving us yeah. money. We're not taking any of the money. We're donating it right back into cool bird stuff in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll put the link up on our socials for all of y'all that might want to donate or at least learn a little bit about the Great Birdathon. Um, but that's June fifth is our date for that, and we'll be birding from 
<laughs> Probably before sunrise to after sunset. Midnight to Looking midnight. For... Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> basically we're going to try to find as many birds as possible. In 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's going to be great. So great. I'm going to love it. Don't sound so excited. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how my sleep schedule is already fucked. We don't have to like, do ah, midnight so no midnight. Oh, my gosh. No. We can do whatever time we want. We've said it. We've said it. Now we're well, doing I'm it. I'm committed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Let's Valid. be done okay. recording. I need to be yeah, done recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go. All right. Take uh, us out, That's Kristen. all the things, right? Okay. Um. Thanks yeah. for listening. I'm Kristen Brunk. I'm John Schneiderman. I'm Maya Pershing. And I'm Ashley Ola. Bye! We'll see you next time. Bye! <laughs> Bye! Bye.